Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listen to Lore. I'm uh, Mark. Oh, the 40K podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm Mark and with me today is Gerald once again. Good evening, gentle listener and welcome. Oh, wait, wrong podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag love your work, Baltimore. <laughs> I, I, I do love when uh, we get some people on here who have just fantastic accents for some people. <laughs> so Baltimore like, has an excellent voice for narrating uh, yeah. 40K podcasts. Meanwhile, I'm just like, well, I think that said a word. Fuck, here we go. <laughs> but it's your oh, only man. it's your only yeah. unique twist on yeah. lore hammers. So it's 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 very enjoyable. It's my own unique twist on reading as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone gets to have a good time. <laughs> so today today's lore is gonna be pretty funny. We all know good old Christian from Lorehammer, Maine. Um he wrote me this message here yesterday, so I'm going to read these text messages. And then he wrote this huge fucking like document for me, and I haven't read it what? yet. So, so yeah, we'll see where it takes us. I'm going to start reading these messages, and we'll just uh, kind of laugh along at this guy. Okay, so Excellent. keep in mind, this is late at night. Way too late to be texting a man about Warhammer. Oh, that's a perfect time to text a man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, okay, another paper project I might eventually do. Are my forsaken chaos warbands cursed by their gods, one for each god? Anyways, for the change, one, there are nine race, coincidentally sacred number of change, but also nine ring race from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Ah, that is important. Love the, yes. Love the crossover already. <laughs> Anyways, I want to make backstories and themes for the nine. Also, coincidentally, number for traitor and loyalist legions. Should I do one from each chaos chapter bent to Chinch's will or nine loyalists and have fallen or chaos? And then... Por qué no also, los dos? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... We basically decided uh, he's going to do a loyalist one, and then he sent me this. So this is the document of these kind of loyalist Chinchian followers that he just... Literally wrote over the span of half hour or whatever. So we see how interesting they are. <laughs> I think we're about to make a lot of uh, loyalist chapters, chapter fans very mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. I'll read one and you can read one and we'll just jump back and forth. We'll start with the Blood Angels. The Angel's Ghost. On the verge of succumbing to the Black Rage, Austinio sought a cure for his condition. Seeking forbidden knowledge on his quest for a cure, he unknowingly entered a pact into a pact with Chinch. After discovering his error, he attempts to back out of the deal, but it's also too late, and his soul is damned. Instead of succumbing to the fully to the rage fully, he is cursed to come in and out of the rage, with moments of clarity only to live his regrets before flying into brutal and violent rage. 
All right. Iron Hands, the ghost in the machine, an Iron Hands veteran. After a battle in the warp and touched by a terrible psychic mutating disease, Turk Vane accelerated his ascension into a machine by replacing almost all of his flesh. Unfortunately, the disease touched his very mind with madness, and in a final attempt to save himself, he merged sorcery with machinery to bind his very soul to his power armor. Same thing as the same things a thousand suns did. Cool. That looks cool. Space Wolves, the Fate Master. Elric Halfspear had a long had long had visions of the future. He was marked to be trained as Rune Priest, but his powers were so weak and limited that he had gone back into his regular pack of wolf brothers. Still, his visions visions persisted until one day he saw his death, his own death, and to uh, and to return of his own death and the return of his Primarch. Stirred on by the visions and desperate to know the future, he made a pact with Change to be seen to see the future more clearly. Believing himself tricky than trickier trickier than Change, he tried to use his new ability to fight against Change. By doing the opposite of bad futures in attempt to subvert and control them, despite his best efforts, the future always come back about as predicted. His visions of the future became more and more horrifying until he finally uh, gouged out his own eyes to stop the visions. It didn't help. He is now cursed to know the future, but helpless to stop it. <laughs> Oof. Wild. Ultramarines, the Whispering Wraith. Stenok had been a dutiful ultramarine lieutenant to a famed captain of the ultramarines' eighth company. Despite his talents, he had always been passed over for promotions to anything higher, though more and more he believed he deserved to ascend a captain. Captains came and went, and still Stenok would not be promoted any higher. Finally, Stenok schemed and plotted to take command, not through betrayal, but through deceit. First, he gave his captain false information to make him look bad during a tactical, during a tactical error that ended up costing many ultramarine lives. Then consulting ancient tomes, Zinch, Stenok devised a battle strategy use, using calculated warp jumps to win the day and make himself the hero to be promoted. However, when he jumped into the warp, he never emerged. While in the Maelstrom, his company was assaulted with demons and the whispering lies that he told his captain kept reading his, reading his mind. Now as a wraith, he is whisper, he whisper, his whip, he is whispers lies, his whispers lie constantly to the ears of his enemies, making them paranoid that their underlings are always looking to betray them. <laughs> okay. Dark Angels, Knave Knight. It is said no one knows if Kelborn had thrown his lot in with Lucifer or the Lion, not even Kellyon. Known for his double dealings, he has initially thrown in his lot in with Luther before defecting to the Lion, pretending to have been secretly loyal and given information to the Loyalists when attacking Caliban. However, Kilion used that as a ruse to gain trust of his brothers, who he, who he slaughters when they allow him onto the Thunderhawk during the assault. He threw his lot in with Luther again until they were defeated and reattempted to infiltrate the ranks of the Loyalist Stardes. But was it the other way around? Was the lion the traitor? No, it was Luther. <laughs> was he just out for himself? Kellyon's memories are twisted and backwards, and he appears two-faced to all he meets, telling truths and lies mixed and unknown, <laughs> even to Kellyon himself. That one's are good. They, are they dark angels? Are they fallen? I don't know. Just kill them all. <laughs> just, yeah. just to be sure. <laughs> that guy's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> Salamanders, the Kinslayer. Like all salamanders, Sergeant Harka did his best to preserve life. However, on a fateful mission, he was forced to incinerate a loyal population due to a terrible plague that had infected the people. He and his brothers took to the torch and massacred the civilian population of Idra III. This was the first prick in Harka's soul as his next act would rack him with guilt forever. Under the influence of chaos, unknown to Harka, Harkin's captain ordered him to kill his brothers as they had been deemed traitor to the Imperium. Loyal to a fault, Harka followed his orders to the letter and without hesitation, not once considering the severity of the act he would commit. He slaughtered his brothers without mercy. He sent he set his own brothers alike. To his horrific discovery, however, he learned that the captain had been the traitor and he had brutally slaughtered his own men. Now filled with an all-consuming regret and the voices of a world put to torch, Harkus is cursed to hear the whispers of all those he had slaughtered. In a desperate bid to stop the voices, Harka gave his soul to Zinch. However, Zinch only made the voices louder and more unbearable. Harka attempted suicide, but Zinch saw that, that as a betrayal and has re removed has forbidden him from being able to harm himself, to walk forever hearing the voices of the dead. Oof! <laughs> Oof. Mm. Not a nice salamander. No. Whoa. All right, <laughs> I just dropped my phone. Okay. <laughs> White Scars, the Storm Lord. <clears throat> Kesh had always questioned everything his orders, the nature of the warfare, the purpose of humanity's existence. This earned, earned him the epithet of Kesh the Questioner amongst his battle brother and often got him into trouble. After one of the many counselings from the chapter's chaplain for asking too many questions, he was advised to join them as interrogator and put his constant questioning to use. He excelled in his task and took much delight in breaking his enemies for information. Once, while interrogating a captured Chaos Astartes, he was ordered to execute on command. Kesh disobeyed and chose to keep him alive and pump, pump him for information. To Kesha's surprise, the enemy of Astartes allowed himself to be captured by a dark apostle, who quickly turned to the questioning, quickly turned to questioning on Kesh, causing him to question the nature of the Imperium and his loyalty to the Emperor himself. <laughs> mm. You interrogated the wrong guy, buddy. You're being interrogated now. Like <laughs> that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> um Hours and days after grueling interrogations, back and forth, arc side testing, challengings, <clears throat> and questioning, questioning the other, finally, Kesh could no longer find answers to the deepest questions of loyalty and freed the Dark Apostle. Kesh, now cursed with questions, could no longer bring himself to answer anything, and his mind was storm of uncertainty about everything, eventually giving way to the only answer that made sense when the questions didn't. Chaos. Hmm. Ravenguard, the rebel rogue. Inspired by his Primarch during the retaking of their homeworld, Theros of the Ravenguard believed in, in the liberation of the oppressed as his people had once been. However, as they began their crusade for the Imperium, he quickly realized that it was the Empire that had just exchanged one boot for another. When Horus declared his war against the New Order and the taboo of Marines killing Marines had been broken, Theros soon realized that he would not just exchange one master for another. No. No one would have a right to rule another. He became an instrument of anarchy. 
No masters, no chaos, not the Imperium. Despite his commitment, he realized he could not survive the apocalypse of the heresy on his own. In a bid for survival of his ideals, he attempted to bargain with Zinch, not as a god, not as god and servant, but as equals. Theros's hubris would be his downfall, as Zinch sees no equals. Giving him his wish, Theros was given the power to command people through his voice to share his ideals of liberation and freedom. But instead, he made slaves of those who listened to him speak. Now Theros is forced to choose to remain a silent anarchist or become a hypocrite and preach, only to make slaves of all who would listen. And he himself now, an instrument, a slave to Zinch. Very nice. Yeah. Not to get off topic, but uh, of course in the heresy you hear about the uh, traitors purging their own loyalist marines from their ranks. I wonder if there was a situation with the loyalists who had traitors in their ranks. Dark Angels notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah, like I would imagine that it would happen like maybe only like 1% of the chapter, such a small percentage, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it happened. That would be interesting to hear about though, like yeah. traitor ultramarines, like... Well, yeah, like just imagine if some ultramarines were running around with some word bearers and they kind of fell in with them, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I see it happening. We've come to talk about our Lord and Savior Chaos. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and the final one is the Imperial Fist, the Oathbreaker. Fortis had been a champion of the Imperial Fist. He had killed many foes by his axe and never met an enemy that he could not best on the battlefield. But what Fortis had in strength of arm, he was not strong as strong in mind. A former Imperial planet, Noctur- Noctis, had let out a distress signal of noise and terror, but with little meaning. Without any information brash to meet the foes that dared tread on Imperial soil, Fortis swore to the chapter an oath that he would reclaim the world of the, for the Imperium. Landing on the planet overrun by the taint of chaos near the last beacon hailing Imperial codes, Fortis' men had fought hard but had been cut down to the last as they approached the towering beacon in the distance. Only Fortis remained, and the 40 days and 40 nights he fought whatever threats emerged from the mist and shadows on the planet of Noctis, but never seemed to get closer to the tower and seemed ever distance. Alone his physical strength beginning to falter, but never able to stop or rest, lest he be killed by demons that lurked in the shadows. Self-doubt began to scratch at the edges of his mind. Soon, in the dark, wood, Fortis lost, was lost and unable to find his ship. His sensors navigated the clear reading. Finally exhausted, Fortis did what any Imperial Fist must do. He gave up. <gasps> must never do. Sorry, must never do. He gave up. <laughs> And suddenly, just like that, as Fortis took a knee, he looked up to see he was at the foot of the tower. And then he trails off and he says, I don't know, I kind of lost the plot on this one, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay, so basically, these were uh, titles and lore for the nine wretched race of change. Each has tried betraying change and is simultaneously punished and rewarded. As, cool. as you would, as you would yeah. follow the zinch. So, uh, I have a couple that I really like that we can hop to. Uh, sure. I think the first one is the Knave Knight of the Dark Angel. And that was a good one. Like the most flip floppiest Dardies, you know, he just has never, he's the meme. He's he, this guy is the walking meme of Dark Angels. Is he loyal? <laughs> is he not? Who fucking knows? He doesn't even know. It's classic. Yep. Basically, that's. That's like taking taking their meme of flip flopping and just amplifying it, cranking it, and dial it up. 
in true uh, they, chaos fashion. <laughs> yeah, if you tell a lie long enough, you start believing it. So it's yeah, he just mm-hmm. lost his mind to it. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to share one you liked? Um, this might make me sound biased, but I do like the the, the space wolf one who gouges his own eyes out to try and <laughs> stop the visions, but uh, but now he now he's punished for it. That's that's <laughs> yeah. like. That's like Greek Viking space wolf tragedy right there. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So that guy, he's like this psyker and he's like, not good. Seems like the only power that he has is the whispering voices in his head. <laughs> and it's not even the God emperor that's, that's speaking to him. No. So sad. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, I also like the white st- scars, the storm Lord. And uh, what did I like about this one? Does Dis- Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was just disobeying orders and he questioned everything. And then uh, he gets in that debate with the interrogator chaplain or the dark apostle or whatever. And he ends up uh-huh. losing his faith. He questions too much. <laughs> <laughs> and the interrogator thus, be- thus becomes the interrogated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. The Raven Guard one was pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that one was cool, too. Now he's just uh, going around trying to make slaves. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all in all, like I'm, I'm surprised how how creative and like varied these are. You know, considering these were literally just right written out on his phone. You can tell by the horrible formatting and all that. <laughs> you know. Hey, but, when uh, this, when when inspiration strikes, you you gotta you gotta write, man. Yeah, so. that's the thing. So yeah, no, I just wish it came. I, I just wish it came to me like that. <laughs> uh, I like all of them. I don't know if there's any that I'm like, eh, I don't quite get it, or eh, whatever. You know, they're all pretty good, pretty all engaging, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, that's all for this episode of Lorehammer Listen to Lore. If you have lore that you want to send, you can be like Christian and send it to my cell phone number, 403-463-9904. Or you could send it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. Easy. Well, Joe, thanks for joining me again. Absolutely. And from America, happy Thanksgiving if you're listening to this the day of. Mm, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Enjoy your turkey. Yum. (laughs) All right, adios. Later. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.